Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing three equities in some detail. But before that, as usual, we will be discussing the overall markets. And to do that, we're joined once again by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Morning, John. Good to be back. So, Alan, we're going we're gonna to move on to, to three equities, which tie in quite nicely, actually, with uh, the topic that we're going to touch on uh, today. Now, this is something that we discussed uh, probably a few months ago now in terms of a commodity super cycle, uh, the start of, of a multi-year um, cycle in commodities, which sees prices go incrementally higher. Um, since that point, we have seen significant gains in the commodity uh, complex. I mean, just looking uh, this week at some of the milestones that we've that we've seen, uh, we have copper at a ten-year high. Oil has hit seventy dollars per barrel. If you think back uh, about a year ago, now we were actually trading at negative uh, oil prices, so that's a significant move higher there in the price of of oil. Um, We're seeing base metals uh, rise in line with the rest of commodities and we're getting um, quite dramatic moves in in soft commodities, in particular lumber, uh, which is trading at many multiples of the price it was trading Mm. at on the futures exchange just uh, a few weeks ago. So that has actually added... um, on average, about $25,000 to the cost of a US uh, house. So, of course, there's going to be inflationary pressures there. Yep. Just In the last few days, we had the Federal Reserve come out and say they're not going to be raising rates or, or, or even tapering until the weaker parts of the, of the US economy uh, are actually showing signs of, of resilience and some recovery. So now that we have that uh, potential concern that we had uh, some months ago, about an increase in rates removed, that does open up the the way for a move higher in commodities. Alan, in your view, is it a case now that if you're not significantly invested or have a a large proportion of your portfolio invested in commodities, that you may miss out on much of the gains from equities over the next twelve months? Yes, absolutely, John. I I, I don't think there's any doubt about that at all i mean we we've seen mining stocks and commodity stocks take a breather um in the first quarter of the year to some extent um but um the 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 macro backdrop is 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 completely set in my opinion for a uh, for for a, a commodity super cycle everything's in place uh, indicating that's that it, that it's only going to continue. I mean, we've um, we've got uh, a load of anecdotal evidence uh, um, uh, that, that supports this. Um, there was, uh, I think, the the S and P GSCI index has risen by eighty six percent since March last year, um, and, uh, and and commodities have driven that. But um, they've taken a breather. Um, but the the backdrop is nonetheless one. Of weakening, um, weakening uh, uh, fiat currencies due to the uh, the uh, uh, the furlough schemes, the um, 
the, the monetary intervention made by governments around the world to support economies. So um, it just underlines a perfect case, if you like, for strength in, in commodities. Um, there have been something like four commodity super cycles since the mid-19th century, and each of these super cycles has lasted a decade. Um, and all of these uh, super cycles have been, uh, have been marked with major shifts or major events uh, driving the change in that. And obviously, COVID, um, you couldn't get a bigger driver to change the, the global macro picture in that regard. So we've got, we have global governments forced to continue spending money on supporting economies, providing support for workers, which is weakening fiscal currency, which will only serve to, um, well, to, to drive prices up of, of raw materials such as timber, as you've just described, but also the other commodities that we rely on too. We're seeing high oil prices at the moment. That looks set to continue. And obviously, iron ore, um, uh, copper, uh, the, 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 um, the commodities that uh, support the battery metals. Uh, and then, of course, you come to gold, pres precious metals like gold, silver, platinum group metals, and so on. It's um, So I think you have to be in commodities, and I think we are set... They're going to be they're going to be bumps along the road. There will be corrections, but I believe the next ten years we're set for a commodity supercycle, and that's going to mean everyone should have some commodities or some commodity related stocks in their portfolio. So, Alan, when I'm looking, and you did mention it there in terms of mining stocks taking a, taking a breather, they've obviously had quite a strong rally over the past six months. I mean, would it be, I mean, in, in your view, um, sensible to have a mix maybe of, of mining stocks and um, ETFs that track uh, the, the actual commodity prices? Of course, um, it's very difficult to, to, to hold physicals unless, it, unless it's gold. Um, so, you know, you know if, you, if you want to take exposure to the, to the price of um, copper, of course, you can trade the futures, but that comes with, you know, leverage and margin and such like. There are options in, in ETFs which track the price. I mean, do, do you think it's, it's worth having a mix or do you think that over this period that the returns um, and potential yields that equity has over um, the commodity prices makes it, um, you know, a, a more reasonable argument to be in the, the, the miners? Or do you think it's worth having some direct exposure to the prices as well? I think it's always worth having exposure to the prices. And I, I know a lot of investors that are sitting in front of their screens and they have, um, they have gold bars in the, in the drawers alongside them or actually, actually on the desk in front of them and silver ingots and all the rest of it. So, um, so th there's no harm having exposure, I think, to, to the, the actual metal itself. Um, but of course, the good mining companies, you know, the big stocks like Rio Tinto and, Billiton will pay a dividend, um, so you have the advantage of the dividend and the potential capital gain too. And then sort of lower down the scale, you've got uh, smaller companies. Uh, we've obviously spoken about power metal resources beforehand and their spread of assets around the world. You've got smaller companies with potentially huge projects that could explode into life and um, and you know effectively become ten baggers um, at any point. So. Um, it, it, it's, I think it's the mix that's important, uh, um, and that mix will depend on your appetite for risk and, and uh, what your requirements are, whether it's capital gain or whether you want income. Fantastic. Thank you, Anna. So ju just one last point on this. I mean, there's been, over the past uh, 10 years, an underinvestment in 
the development of of resource projects, exploration, and, and such like. W- would that scenario make you lean towards some of the more junior players within the space as opposed to some of the more uh, established ones, you know, such as you know BHB, Rio Tinto, Glencore, to maybe have some exposure if you hadn't before. Um, you know, for these ones that are a little bit smaller, that may be a little bit more focused, not so diversified as the FTSE 100 ones, but they may have uh, a particular copper project that they're working on. Um, obviously, higher risk, but the rewards in a commodity super cycle, do you think that that outweighs in a diversified approach if you're looking at individual companies, makes it worthwhile having a look at some of the smaller players? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this is, well, for me personally, this is where, the, the exciting uh, the, the exciting aspect really lies because you've got um, uh, I mean also let's not forget modern mining techniques data mining 3d modeling um, the the process of geology it's all been revolutionized over the past 10 to 15 years and you've got tools now that simply weren't available 10 years ago um, so what that means is uh, we're seeing a lot of companies revisit old projects um, that were hitherto dormant for whatever reason, um, uh, and these old these old mines, these old projects are being revisited, and they're discovering, uh, due to the tools they have, they're discovering uh, they're discovering um, uh, say a, a new seam or a new geological anomaly that hadn't been recognised previously, and of course it just opens up the potential again. Um, and I think when you look at these companies, you know, look at the management, look at the people who are running the company, look at their track record, what they've done in the past. I mean, uh, you know, for instance, uh, we've spoken about ECR Minerals. You've got Craig Brown with a, a great track record with Chrysler Resources and uh, and um, the and uh, uh, China and Ferris Gold um, with, with the with, with the uh, the mine that he bought on the the gold mine they bought on, on stream. Um, you've got. Uh, uh, Power Metal Resources, as we've spoken, Paul Johnson, the CEO, um, uh, uh, through Metal Tiger, put together a deal uh, with um, Sandfire Resources uh, in 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 Africa, and, and so so th- these are things you need to look for. So um, CEOs that have a track record, uh, and all of these deals were. Uh, uh, put together in 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 a much tougher time for the mining industry than we're seeing today. So um, so so by by virtue of that, the opportunities they have now, they can really genuinely uh, 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 attack and and grow exponentially. And that's very exciting for shareholders because you get involved with a company when the shares are at a penny, um, and uh, they discover something. Then it could go to ten p, it could go to fifty p, it could go to a pound. Um, and then again, they might not discover something. But I think the, I think if you've got a good management team uh, with a good company um, with a good asset, then um, then you know the the sky literally is is the limit. Yes, and, and also for those investors that aren't uh, minded to, to lean towards the the higher risk end of the market, of course, a commodity super cycle will benefit the FTSE 100 due to. Uh, the high weighting of commodities. We mentioned the miners in there. Of course, you've, you've got the oil companies uh, in there. So we could see, um, we, we've seen a relative underperformance of the FTSE 100 against uh, the US major indices. We could start to see, especially if you look at um, some of the performances of tech stocks uh, in, in early days of, of this week, um, you could start to see the FTSE 100 outperform relative to US indices if this starts to 
to build steam. And I'm sure, Alan, this is going to be a, a topic that we touch on again as it uh, as it develops. So first company, Alan, we're going to discuss uh, today. They, they IPO'd um, back in the middle of April. It's Mast Energy Developments. They IPO'd at a price of 12.5 pence. Um, update today, um, they touched 15p in, in early trade. Um, dipped a little bit slightly since then, but not far off, off that level. Uh, but what is interesting, we received a note this morning from Clear Capital Markets. They actually have a price target of 26 pence uh, on the stock. And that's mainly down to the recent developments uh, in their updates. What what does that update look like, Alan, from uh, Mars Energy? Well, it, it, it's a very strong update, uh, uh, John. I, I mean, I'm just looking at So, of course, Mars Energy shares currently at uh, 14.2p. I'm going to get my, my live screen. Um, and that, of course, gives the gives the group um, um, a market capitalization of around 25 million sterling. Um, Mars Energy, uh, of course, we the, the IPO is very well flagged to retail investors. Um, and this is the company that owns the reserve power uh, units at Bordesley near to Birmingham and uh, is is rolling out a number of other sites. Um, it has um, it, it came to market with um, uh, its its IPO estimated uh, um, power production figure of twenty megawatts, but um, uh, in the coming months it's going to be rolling out um, uh, uh, additions to that power generation capacity up to as high as 4, fifty four to fifty eight megawatts um which is a big step forward um and and also you know just reading the note here from clear markets um that attributes uh that basically underscores the the change in the price target to to 26 pence so we have of course we spoke about Corsell the other week with, with its 100 megawatts uh, uh, uh plant at uh, at cambridge um uh, at burwell near cambridge um so we're going to see a lot more of these reserve um, reserve energy uh, plants around the UK, and of course these are driven by the the uh, generation is driven by both solar power and uh, and, um, and 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 gases uh, uh, um, uh, generated from from uh, recycling and so on. Uh, it, it's it, it's it, it's fitting in with a change in the pattern of consumption across the UK, um, and of course we're seeing now. Um, we're seeing now a, a big reliance on, uh, you know, with people working from home, of course, use of uh, computers at home and, um, and uh, uh, you know, a lot more power consumption and, and different, uh, different spikes in power consumption. And these reserve power plants are basically there to take up any slack in the, in the, in the generation capacity for the national grid. So they can come online at any time and they are remotely operated. So potentially it's hugely profitable for the, the owners of these companies. And Mast is in a very strong position um, to benefit from these changes in the power generation uh, uh, landscape. So uh, the, the company has also negotiated offtake agreements for all the power it can supply for the next 15 years. So in terms of 
visibility as an investment uh, at the current levels you know you can look at this and uh, i think at, at some point it's not wouldn't be um it wouldn't be uh, unreasonable to expect the company to start paying a dividend as well with that sort of visibility it's uh, it's easier for the company to to plan that out so this is uh, th- this is a it's a new it's a new area it's a burgeoning area uh, we've got mast involved so far um, obviously that was the big ipo Corsell, of course have the burwell uh, power plant in uh, Cambridge that's going to be coming online uh, next year and um, it's it's a very exciting area and I think one in which we're going to see huge growth in the in the coming years. Indeed, indeed. Um, th- there's the IPO presentation on the UK Investor Magazine uh, website people can check out and also we'll include a link through to that uh, that research note in the notes to this uh, to this podcast. Um, so Alan, let, let's stay on the the, the topic of advanced uh, energy, um, obviously operating within uh, the energy space, it's becoming an increasingly diverse uh, space from, from what it was uh, 20 years ago. So what is, um, where, where do advanced energy specialise and what's the latest update from them? Okay, so advanced, advanced energy have been around in various iterations over the years, CB resources, um, and then more recently, um, Andalas Energy, which uh, I won't go into because uh, there's a fairly checkered history there. But um, um, nonetheless, of course, the company is it, it's a vehicle on the market. Um, and uh, it, it, it initially came to market with plans to source and seek out um, uh, oil and oil producing assets uh, in in the, uh, the the Indonesian region and uh, in particularly East Timor has been the focus for the group. So shares are currently trading at 2.3p, um, have traded as high as 3.7p on the year. Um, so we're pretty well at the at the uh, at the lows, um, giving a market cap of 24 million, um, but with good reason. Um, the company uh, have. Uh, uh, just completed um, a uh, an investment to um, to own fifty percent of a company called Carnarvon Petroleum Timor CPT, and this is a subsidiary of Carnarvon Petroleum, the ASX listed company. ASX uh, Epic Gold is CVN, um, and it was awarded a permit uh, in two thousand sixteen to explore the Timor Lest oil field in East Timor. Now, this has got quite a history. It was developed in 1999 by BHP Billiton and Nexon and produced 21 million barrels of oil over five years. Um, and at its peak, it was producing some 45,000 barrels of oil per day. Now, remember what I said about earlier about um, new technology coming in to look at, uh, at um, old established assets. Um, Carnarvon did that. Um, and undertook a, a new generation 3D seismic survey. And that survey showed that there was a much larger asset in place than had been initially thought. And there are three levels, uh, level one, two, and three. Level one, it estimate, there's an estimated 16 million barrels of oil. Level two, an estimated 34 million barrels of oil. Level three, an estimated 63 million barrels of oil. And of course, this is low risk. The infrastructure is already in place there. Um, and with this, armed with this new data, the the company um, will be drilling the what they refer to as the B10 appraisal well in uh, in the second half of this year. And um, all being well and on track, they expect to produce the first oil in 2023. 
Um, so the big step for the company was taken um, on April the 19th. Um, uh, Advanced Energy acquired uh, 50% of CPT, Carnarvon Petroleum Timor, and it raised 22 million at 2.6p. And this will fund the um, the drilling of the bio and, and obviously buy the stake in the company. Um, the escrow documents have now been released, so that's formalised and the process is underway. Um, there's a very experienced team backing this company. Um, the chairman and non-exec director, Mark Rollins, uh, uh, was formerly the chairman and CEO of Ukrainian UKR Nefta, the orge out there, which uh, has over 20,000 employees. Um, he also formerly worked for BG Group and Shell and is Oxbridge uh, educated with uh, engineering science, uh, a doctorate in engineering science and a master's in mathematics. Um, the CEO is Leslie Peterkin, uh, former director of Woodside Liquid Natural Gas and worked for Shell prior to that um, and has a vast amount of experience uh, dating from the early 80s. Um, and we have Stephen West, the Chief Finance Officer, formerly Petronor, African, and oversaw the African Petroleum and Petronor merger. Um, it was also the co-founder of Zeta Petroleum and worked for Tomco Energy. So there's an awful lot of experience there in the team. And I think this is a very exciting company. And uh, given the production that we've seen from BHP and Nexon in the past, and what we're seeing now in in the, uh, the uh, 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 we were talking about the the rising commodity prices. Obviously, the oil price is pushing a lot higher again. And I, you know, despite the emergence of electric vehicles and battery technologies, I, I expect the oil demand to last for many many years to come. So this is a valuable asset, and I think uh, we're going to see a lot of growth from this, this company in the coming six to eight months. So, Alan, just before we move on to the next company, just you know, a rough sort of timeline. We've seen shares dip over the past uh, six months, not a huge amount, but they're off slightly. I mean, mm. what, what do you think investors are waiting for and what would be the next big milestone, do you think, with uh, Advanced Energy? Well, the, it, the the big milestone is the drilling of the B10 appraisal well in, in quarter three this year. So, of course, we're, we're now in quarter two. So uh, we're a few months off that. So um, I wouldn't expect we're going to see too much over the summer. So um, if shares consolidate at this level, that's fine. But um, I would expect to see progress. And they, they also, let's not forget, I mean, the company have invested into uh, into um, the uh, the CBT uh, Buffalo oil field, the Timor Leste uh, oil field, um, and uh, that there could well be other projects on the horizon too that have yet to be announced. So um, either way, I think this is an exciting company now to get involved in, particularly with the people at the helm as well. That's a, as I say, that's a very important factor for me. Fantastic. I, I should also say I, I am a shareholder in the company too. So yeah. Okay. Okay. And Justin, no, thank, thanks for letting us know. So, um, and now we're going to move on. We, we touched on copper. Now, th this is a, a company focused uh, on a, a number of, of copper mines in Cyprus, uh, Keris Mineral Resources. I think we've touched on them previously on the on the podcast, mm, but mm. said at the time there's there's going to be a, a pretty steady uh, news flow as they develop their resources, which indeed there has been. Um, so, what's the latest from them? Well, this is a, this is a really exciting company, and again, referring back to earlier comments about old dormant mining projects uh, being rejuvenated through the use of new technology and and uh, and data acquisition. Um, Keras 
is a classic point in in case a, 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 a classic sort of example of this um came to market and raised uh 2.2 million at 10p on the 19th of march and we're sitting here today in may and the shares have already hit a high of 24p on the year sorry 27p on the year and um are currently trading at 23p um with good reason um the company has uh, as you said rightly a, a series of brownfield sites across cyprus uh, which include former producing mines um, and um, its stated aim is to define a mineral resource estimate of 20 to 30 million tonnes of copper, uh, um, uh, of one half percent copper and one gram of gold. Um, this, so, so the Cyprus mining department includes uh, a number of remnant resources um, and uh, the, uh, a number of former mines that uh, Keras are involved with include the Calavasas mine, which uh, um, is uh, had had uh, previously 4.68 million tons of copper. The Cambia mine, the the Vrescia mine, and the Black Pine um, asset, which is uh, prospective for nickel and cobalt. Um, so the, uh, the 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 good thing with the company is it's it effectively hit the ground running because the the projects are already there in existence. Um, um, undertook, um, it, it said in March, as soon as it came to market, that uh, 3D modelling was already underway, drone service, high-res photography, um, and drilling commenced at the North Mathiatis Copper and Gold Project, well ahead of schedule at the end of uh, at the end, end of March. So they very much hit the ground running. In April, they acquired uh, uh, Pl- Platonic Resources Limited, um, which uh, owns a number of other mines, uh, copper and gold, assets in Cyprus. They paid 750,000 cash um, for that, uh, For that, and uh, a few days later commenced drilling on the, the Truly asset, and in doing so recovered visible gold from randomly selected uh, uh, gold chips. Um, the, the, uh, the area or the geological anomaly housing the gold was thought to be 10 metres thick, and they discovered through their work there it's actually 25 metres thick. So way exceeding expectations and of course all this fed into and started driving the share price then uh, a couple of days ago um, the company announced an option agreement with Jubilee Metals this is a, an aimlessed company worth 400 million um, they entered an option agreement uh, over six months uh, whereby Jubilee would assess the technical and economic merits of all of Keras Minerals assets in Cyprus um, so immediately, I mean, they've taken a quantum leap forward, got this deal in there. And in the agreement, uh, the uh, Jubilee has the the right, or, or Jubilee and Keras can convert one or more of the projects uh, of the assets into a project joint venture. Um, and, uh, you know, Jubilee probably has one of the best uh, track records in this area. Um, it's got a proven track record and is a recognized market leader in this field. So that really has driven the uh, also driven the, the spike in the share price so of course if jubilee gets in there and immediately um uh, 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 commences a, a project joint venture with keris on any one of those mines uh given the market cap is of keris is still just 11 million uh you know which is r- really right at right at the foot of the the mountain for um companies with these sort of assets um i think there's every prospect of uh, an explosion in value and uh, and you know the prospect of a much higher share price further further in the year or, or later later this year 
So, I mean, when investors are, are looking at this company, we've obviously discussed um, you know, gold there and their operations in copper. I mean, which one, in your view, Alan, do you think is going to unlock the most value for, for shareholders going forward? Well, they've started uh, truly, the truly uh, mine uh, they were drilling on April 12th has already recovered a visible gold. Um, the the uh, North Mathiatis uh, copper gold project uh, also being drilled. So um, I I would imagine those will be top of the list. But um, because there are so many within the portfolio, um, you know, Jubilee may well turn around to them and say, well, actually, you know, we think the Calavasos asset is 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 uh, has more value so it um i i think i think we're going to see uh, if you look at the pace of developments already you know within within two months we've got to this point where the share price has, has doubled from the over doubled from the initial ipo price and they have an option agreement with with a, a, a big mid-cap mining company um uh, jubilee metals so um given the pace of developments you know i i fully expect that we'll see um uh, an announcement regarding one or more of the projects uh, probably within the coming weeks. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Alan. So uh, as a recap there, uh, stocks that we uh, discussed today, Advanced Energy trades under the ticket of ADV. Uh, just then was Keras Mineral Resources, which trades under the ticker of CMRS. And at the beginning was Mast Energy Developments with a ticker of MAST. Alan, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thanks, Jonathan. So just a reminder, anybody that's um, trying to find the the research notes for um, Mars Energy Developments, there will be a link in the notes to this podcast where you can uh, access that. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.